Delilah Kavanaugh was certain when she woke up that day would be a good day. She was full of energy, of hope, of good old-fashioned positivity. But then she found herself lost once again in the loneliness of a blank canvas. Endless, silent white stretched out before her, almost mocking. And before she realized what had happened, she was flipping through the channels at half past three. Can't rush it. Have you or That's loved all. One been injured in Have to if let so, it come to me. To Vigilante this is an art block. No, I'm just waiting for the right spark. Research teams from the Galahad Scientific Consortium have been called in to further analyze the readings coming out of the trench. Dr. Eliza Montegro said, whatever's down there is unlike anything we've... Am I nothing more than a monster in your eyes? I beg you! Besides, the day's not over. Still plenty of time to carpe the hell out of this DM and make it work for her. Any minute now. Ugh! Screw this! Marcy? Listen, don't bother me, alright? I'm in the middle of... Yes. Yes, I'm painting. Yes, right now. Are you doubting me? Seriously? That hurts, you know. I... No. No, absolutely. Why would you say that? Listen, this new piece is going to blow their minds, I'm telling you. Yes. Yes! Listen, did my daughter call her? Well, it's been three months almost. No, nothing's wrong, Marcy. That's just how she... Oh, hell, there they go again. Sorry, no, not you. Sounds like a couple of capes fighting nearby. It happens. You ever see... Scared? No, Marcy, never. I've been here since the beginning. They're not scary at all. <laughs> How's that feel, hotshot? Wait. Wait, it sounds like they're getting closer. <laughs> yeah, fucker. I think you are. Marcy, call 911. I think they're coming. Oh my god! They land in a heap in the center of Delilah's living room, burning bright with sickly green energy. One man, his face painted with the same green lightning bolt designs that adorn his sleek black costume, holds his victim by the throat. The young man at his mercy can't be older than his mid-twenties, wearing some sort of modified red flight suit and a similarly colored domino mask. The masked man turns and speaks to Delilah in hushed, broken words. Go now. Run. You have to run. Kid, you are not paying attention. That's real fucking rude of you. Let me teach you some manners, huh? How about it? And Delilah Kavanaugh watches in horror as a black-clad man grins with wicked malice and conjures forth wave after wave of unnatural green electricity, sending it rippling through the body of the helpless hero, until his cries grow silent, and all that's left are the horrible smells of burnt hair and flesh, and the killers satisfied and chuckling. <laughs> man! What a rush! Oh, honestly... That dude was so fucking annoying. Holy shit! My name is Deathstorm, you fucking idiot! 
<laughs> You're gonna fight me with the power of jumping real fucking high? Give me a break. Delilah can't move. Can't speak. She feels herself outside of her own body. Certain she's about to die. What? You nervous? No, oh, don't worry, lady. We're good. Just, uh, make sure you tell people what happens when they fuck with fucking Death Storm. <laughs> he gives the fallen hero's lifeless body a final kick for good measure. Huh. <laughs> you have yourself a nice day, lady. <laughs> Adios. With that, he flies up and away, through the hole left in Delilah's ceiling. Help. Help. Delilah's fingers fumble with her phone, her whole body locked in a tremble. Somehow, she still manages to place the call and put the phone to her ear. Detective Kavanaugh. Catherine, it's, it's your mother. I, I... Ma? Ma, what's wrong? Are you all right? Please, help me. Apex Shadow, Episode 6, When They Fall Like Stars. Featuring the voices of Star Lee, Joseph Boslinski, Loretta Chang, Akiva Vida, Ali Harris, Wyatt Bowden, Star Lee, Jamie Martinez, Lee Murray, Oliver Summers, Sarah Jacklin, Demonic Seed, and Christopher Z. Created, written, and directed by Joseph Boslinski with production and sound design by Christopher Z. Kate moves like a storm trapped in a bottle. As she arrives on the scene, the uniforms all but fly out of her way. Ma! She keeps herself from running, dodging around Tex on her way to her mother. Delilah is ashen-faced, with a blanket wrapped tightly around her shoulders, sitting in back of an ambulance. When Kate pulls her into a hug, she's terrified by how cold and fragile her mother feels. Hello, Catherine. Ma, are you alright? You hurt? No, no, I... Everything's fine, hon. I'm just... It was... So horrible. What happened, Ma? Her lips move. But no sound comes out. Delilah seems surprised by her own silence and tries again to speak, but to no avail. Hey, no, 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 Ma. It's okay. You know what? It's okay. Just rest here a sec. Just. Uh, Morrison? Ma, we're gonna step over here, alright? She pulls Morrison aside, and although they move a few yards away, her eyes never leave her mother. Morrison, what the fuck happened here? I need answers. So. It looks like a fight between two capes found its way into your mother's place. Crashed right through the roof. She was on the phone with her assistant. Marcy, she's the one who called us. Jesus fucking Christ. All she said was that she needed help. I tried asking her what was happening, but I didn't hear anything, so I rushed over and- She was still holding the phone in a death grip when they found her, Kate. She's barely said anything until you got here. Kate is doing everything in her power to not explode in a fountain of conflicting emotions. Her fingernails are shredding her palms. The fight. 
Who were the fucking morons involved? Local vigilante jumpstart. Tangled with a villain called Deathstorm. The fucker with the green lightning, yeah. He's wanted for nearly a dozen counts of robbery and homicide. Fuck this city, I swear to- He didn't hurt her? No, but the kid in the costume is dead. Jumpstart. They think he killed him in front of your mom, Kate. That's... that's why she's so messed up. Seeing that kind of thing. I get the picture. Thanks, Morrison. Is Dr. K here yet? Yeah. Doing her thing back inside. Talking to Morgan and Kenzie. Pretty straightforward as far as these things go, but... you know. Yeah. I do. Kate moves to her mother again, doing her best to maintain her composure. Ma, listen. I've got to go talk to some of these guys. Morrison's going to hang out with you while the paramedics do their thing. Once they give you the go-ahead, I'm taking you home with me, alright? What? No, no, honey, no. I... I can't... I can't do that. I have to finish my painting. The... the gallery's been... and... I, I, I can't... Ma, you're coming home with me. Right. Right, I... Yes. Yes, of course, Catherine. I'm sorry. I, I just... Don't be sorry, Ma. Nothing to be sorry about. Well, we both know that's not true. Don't we? Kate flinches, but she recovers quickly. Stay here, Ma. I'll be right back. Kate moves inside her mother's ruined condo. It's surreal. She hasn't been here in years. She never thought something like this would be what brought her back. She finds her way to Morgan and Kinsey, conferring with Dr. K over the body of the unfortunate young hero, now covered in a plain white sheet. Electrocution. Functionally, that's what we're dealing with here. I'm not sure if the energy this so-called death storm outputs is technically electricity. It is green, after all, but- Hey, KDK. Oh, oh my. Kate, I'm so sorry. We were just- Doing your jobs. I appreciate it, seriously. Are you all right? Fuck no. She surveys the horrific scene, her expression dark and far away. She was never supposed to see this shit. I didn't know your mother was a painter. He gestures to the large canvas, stretched across the easel on the other side of the room. Oh, yeah. That's how she paid my way through college. Delilah Cavanaugh is a force to be reckoned with in the art world. You must be proud of her. Sure. Just wish it went both ways. I'm sure she's very proud of you, Kate. <laughs> Not so much. After I took my criminal justice degree and applied at the police academy... <laughs> let me tell you, the Kavanaugh clan is very much about that AKB energy. Ah. Gotcha. But, I mean, she loves you, right? Oh, sure. She's just... disappointed. All the time. Kate looks back toward the open doorway towards Morrison and her mother. Even now. Can protect her from this shit. What's the point? You're helping to protect her and countless others every day, Kate. That's what we do. What we're trying to do, at least. And we're proud of you, Katie Kay. For whatever that's worth. Oh, yes! Very much so. The medical examiner makes a move to put her hand on Kate's shoulder, but purses her lips and thinks better of it. Anything we can do, Kate. At all. Please. Please let us know. I don't deserve you guys. Uh, uh, oh, hell no. Absolutely not. <laughs> Fuck you. 
Alright, I... I gotta get back to her. We'll finish up here. Don't worry, Kate. If we find anything, you'll be our first call. Yeah, I... Thanks. I'll... See you guys later. As Kate returns to her mother, her limbs feel as heavy as her heart. The same burning thoughts run rampant through her mind. This city, this world, it's all completely insane. She wonders how much longer she can stand to be a part of it. Come on, Ma. Let's... Let's go home. Some hours later, as the sun has all but slipped toward the horizon, in a secluded warehouse along the waterfront, a superhero is about to die. Daniel Juliet, aka Vortex. You and your little portals. Cute gimmick you've got there. Bound to a chair with an intricate arrangement of steel cabling, his mouth gagged, Daniel finds himself almost completely immobile. But he can move his eyes, at least. He can see the man in the long dark coat and the pointed ear helmet with the glowing red eyes. And he can see the power tools on the table next to him. A little less cute when you miscalculated fighting Dark Snare and you dropped a school bus in the middle of afternoon traffic. <clears throat> Your negligence <clears throat> killed 12 <clears throat> people, Daniel. Three of them were children younger than 10. Daniel refuses to panic. He's been fighting villains for over 10 years. Maybe he's gotten sloppy these last few months. Charlene left him. He's been off his game. But he's still a hero. Still brave. Still resourceful. He'll figure his way out of this. He just needs to figure out why his powers don't seem to work. Maybe that all could have been avoided if you hadn't been so high at the time. No wonder your wife left you. Who the fuck is this guy? And who does he think he is? And why doesn't his goddamn powers work? I don't care about your reasons, Daniel. I don't care about your sad story. I don't care about the kittens you've pulled from trees, the fires you've put out, even the lives you've saved. I care about the lives lost that day, because you couldn't be bothered to care. Your cape friends won't challenge you. The cops won't stop you. Someone has to hold you accountable. So here I am. The panic. It's gripping him from the inside now. He can't help it. He still can't move. He can't conjure portals. He can barely feel his own bindings. And he's just realized who this lunatic is. He's seen the graffiti. He's heard the rumblings. But where are the men in black? But no. No! No, that's bullshit. And if it isn't bullshit, then it's for other people. Not him. Never him. You're probably wondering why you can't use your powers. Why you can't move. <laughs> Nanotech injection while you slept. Targeting key points of your nervous system, constantly reconfiguring so that your body can't adapt. Panic is giving way to rage. The audacity. To hell with this. This is bullshit. Should keep you right where I want you. Front row seat, Daniel. I don't want you to miss a thing. 
The man in black gestures to the table of horrifying implements. Any preferences for starters, you careless little... The man in black is interrupted by a low electronic beep. Once. Twice. On that thought. And as Daniel watches, trying to make his limbs move, his captor removes his helmet almost casually, revealing a man in his thirties with disheveled brown hair, pale-skinned and tired, faraway eyes. Daniel has now seen this man's face, and now, now the panic begins to all but strangle him as the man in black taps at an earpiece. Hey, Kate, what's up? He rails in vain against his gag, but to no avail. His would-be torturer merely holds a finger to his lips, almost conspiratorially. I have had quite the day. Yeah? How so? I need your help. My mother, she, she's in a bad place right now. She saw something today that she never should have had to, and she's currently sitting at my window looking like she wants to jump out of it. Wait, Kate, Kate, are you being literal? Because if so, you should call 911. No, no, it's... I don't think we're there, but it's bad. It's definitely bad. She's tired and scared and upset, and I am just so thoroughly out of my depth, and I just... What can I do? Can you come over? Jack considers the helpless man in the chair. Uh, what, to, to your place? Yeah, I... If you're not too busy, it's stupid. I, I just thought maybe... You know what? No, never mind. I'm sorry. To Daniel, the man's face looks like it's caught between two worlds. He looks... lost. Confused. N- no, uh, no, it's... it's uh, it's not stupid. I'm, I'm just... finishing up some work. I'll, um... I'm gonna move some stuff around. I'll be right there. Just uh, send me the address. Are you sure? You really don't have to. Yeah, well, I'm gonna... Seriously, it's fine. Don't worry about it, Kate. I'll see you soon. Well, thank you. Of course. See you in a bit. He taps at his earpiece. Well, Mr. Juliet, that's bad news for both of us, really. I had quite an evening planned. Real dramatic, very painful for you, hopefully cathartic for me. But I have somewhere more important to be tonight, so... As the man dons his helmet once more and draws a pistol from his hip, Daniel is strangely calm. Because in his heart, he knows there's nothing else to be done now. Is there? It seems like we're both out of time. Cooking dinner should never be this anxiety-inducing, especially not something as beloved as Kate's spaghetti bolognese. But so far, her attempts to distract her mother from the day's events have only reminded her of why she hasn't spoken to the woman in so long. Really, Catherine, you... you don't need to go through all this trouble for me. You don't have much room here, I know. Ma, I get it. My place is small. I'm sorry. But you shouldn't be alone right now. And the hotels around here are... but I didn't mean anything by it, honey. I just... You deserve better, is all. Better than this. 
You traveled around the country for years following bands that only six people have ever heard of. I'm sure you've seen a hell of a lot worse than this. She adds more garlic to the pot. It is an act of self-soothing. If you'd gone to law school... Ma? Right. No, I'm... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I... Catherine, thank you for trying to take care of me. It really has been a... Well, it's been a real lousy day. She sighs, staring at a spot on the kitchen wall. <sighs> that poor boy. The last thing he did was to tell me to run. He died thinking about me. My safety. Kate wishes she knew what to say, but the words won't come to her, hard as she tries. We don't deserve these people, Catherine. Truly, we're... We're living in wonderful times. Wait. Wait. Are you... She stops with a garlic. She feels her temples throb. No. No, she will not. She will not do this. Not tonight. Of all nights. Ma, if we didn't have capes, none of this would have happened tonight. Maybe. But who knows really, right? I am fairly certain that superpowers are a prerequisite for all this shit, Ma. Catherine, no, I'm trying to... to get at something profound here, alright? Don't... don't close yourself off. I'm not. You're getting angry. Defensive. I am not angry. I am not defensive. I am cooking dinner, Ma. Oh, thank God. Oh, is that your... friend? Yes, Ma, don't... Don't make it weird. Honey, I'm your mother. You're never too old for me to make it weird. Yeah, well, let's not. I'm sorry in advance. Jack Dobson stands in front of her, carrying a bottle of wine. He fidgets a bit awkwardly with his glasses. Hey, uh, sorry. I got here as fast as I could. You're fine, you're fine, thanks. Thanks for coming, just... Ma, Ma, one second. She pushes Jack rather roughly by the chest, pulling her door shut behind her. Uh, Kate? Okay. Okay, so, you're about to meet my mother. And yes, she has had a terrible day, and I'm doing all I can for her. But she is still my mother, and that entails so, so, so much. Right? You got me? Uh, yes, um, <clears throat> I think so. Right, of course you do. So, she's gonna ask you all sorts of personal questions. She's going to ask what your sign is. Try not to be a dick about it. Why would I be a dick about it? Because I am, every time she does it to someone. Wish she'd stop. I... She's a proud feminist. She's big on labor rights. She's an artist, okay? So she's... Her head's in the clouds. All the time. Okay? She wants everything to be deep and meaningful. And in the first five minutes of meeting you, she's going to make up her mind about whether or not you and I are sleeping together. Regardless of how many times you or I tell her otherwise. Also, she hates cops. And circus clowns. And iPhones. But especially cops. Uh, but y you're, uh... Exactly. That is why you're here. Sort of. Same page? Sure. Excellent. Ma, hey, sorry. We're back now. This is Jack. Jack, my mother, Delilah Cavanaugh. Delilah looks Jack up and down before extending a hand towards him. Hello, Jack. It's a pleasure to meet you. Likewise, Mrs. Cavanaugh. Oh, well. Catherine, this one has manners. 
That's nice. Ma. What's your sign, Jack? Er, uh, I'm an Aries, ma'am. Oh. I'm surprised. Probably because it's all bullshit. What? What? <clears throat> oh, nothing. What? Tell me, Jack. What are your intentions with my daughter? Ma. You're not an axe murderer. Are you? <clears throat> no, ma'am. Uh, I can safely say that I've never killed anybody with an axe. Dinner starts pleasantly enough. The spaghetti bolognese is a hit. Kate's never had her mother's talent for art, but learning to cook becomes essential when people bother you the way they do her. So what is it you do, Jack? Then things take a turn. I, well, uh, I'm a social worker for Caliburn Services. We- So you work for the rich, mysterious woman who's proclaimed herself the savior of this city. I see. Ma. What? It's true. Madison Park is worth a gazillion dollars. Came in here a few years ago, started up all her new programs. Built her big complex in the heart of the city. Is that where you work, Jack? I, yes. Yes, it is. Do you have some swanky office to yourself? Ma, come on. Why do you always have to do this shit? No, it's, <clears throat> it's okay. Yes, uh, I have a very nice office, ma'am. Uh, I'm very fortunate in that way, I guess. Uh, Miss Park has really looked out for me over the years. So, you're close with her, then? I'd like to think so. Yes, she's a friend and a colleague, not just my boss. I owe her a lot. I'm not generally a fan of people with exorbitant wealth, but she's helping- You're a social worker. Do you know how many people are unhoused in this city? Uh, roughly 65,000 at any given moment. Uh, it's gone up since the downtown tragedy. Huh. Done your homework, I see. Uh, it's part of my job, yes. But your good friends programs only target people left unhoused in the wake of superpowered incidents. I'm not sure what- Why didn't Madison Park give a damn about the homeless? Before people started floating through the air and freezing things when they sneeze. What about people unhoused due to economic upset, non-CAPE-related trauma, and mental illness? She's got the money for those kinds of initiatives, doesn't she? I don't think that anyone can be held responsible for fixing all the evils in the world, ma'am. No, of course not, but I'm not asking about all of the evils, hun. I'm asking about one in particular. Okay, whew, that's enough of that, huh? How's everyone's dinner? I hope I did a great job! You did, honey. It's excellent. I still don't know why you felt compelled to bring your boyfriend the shrink along to dinner, but the food is quite good. He's not my fucking boyfriend, mother. I'm, uh, <clears throat> you know, th this is, uh, I can go. Right, my mistake. Why on earth would I expect a handsome, well-intentioned, if somewhat naive young man to take an interest in you? Anyone smiles at you and asks how your day is, you try to arrest them and lock them away. Oh. Oh, here we go, then. It's always the same fucking... I wanted to help people, Mother. <laughs> right. Of course. Help people. So you became a fascist. Well done. Ma, can you even define the word fascist? Didn't I mention Umberto Eco's 14 points the last time we had this conversation? I cannot remember the last time we had a conversation, Mother. Usually it's just you tearing into me in my life because I'm just not built the way you want me to be. 
Because God fucking forbid that my, my fucking idea of how to help the world doesn't line up with the ones you start daydreaming about when you drop acid and throw paint at a fucking wall. But hey, at least then you can keep being a passive-aggressive bitch about what a lousy daughter I am, instead of facing up to the reason no one in your life wants to fucking talk to you! A heavy silence falls across the dinner table. For several long moments, no one even dares to breathe. Then... Catherine. Kate. I'm... I'm sorry, I shouldn't... I never... Don't worry about it. No, it's... Please, I'm... I'm sorry. I don't know why I... Today was... Yep. I... It's fine. Kate takes a heavy gulp of her wine before stabbing viciously at her plate. Thanks, um, for dinner, Kate. She's really good. Thanks. Yes, honey, thank you so much for... (sighs) I'm gonna get some air. I'll be back in a minute. She rises abruptly from the table, stalking through the door, then slamming it shut behind her. Why the hell did I do that? Jack rubs at his temples. He looks at the simple dinner arrangements, smells the food, sees the aging artist before him as she practically deflates in the soft kitchen light. Professionally, ma'am, I would tell you that you had a terrible day. You suffered a trauma, um, a horrific ordeal, and it's, uh, it'd be a lot for anyone to manage their emotions after something like that. (laughs) I sense a butt coming. No, ma'am. It's just... well... He stands up, pushing his chair in neatly at the table. I had a daughter myself. Her name was Sophie, and I, uh... Well, someone in a costume didn't care when they should have, and she, uh... She never got to see her eighth birthday. Oh, Jack. I... I'm sorry. Yeah, me too. But look, this, uh, the reason I'm telling you this is that I, God help me, ma'am, there are days where I know in my soul that I would burn the whole world down just so I could take her in my arms and tell her that I love her, even just one more time. He moves to the door, but stops with his hand on the frame. Your daughter isn't you, but you shouldn't need her to be. She's plenty amazing the way she is. You should tell her that. Jack heads after Kate now, leaving the older woman to her thoughts as he carefully shuts the door behind him. Kate takes a long drag on her cigarette. The headache persists, but she does smile slightly, in spite of herself when she hears Jack calling out to her. Hey, uh, Kate, I'm so- Don't. Don't you dare apologize, Jack. You didn't do anything, except bring some very delicious wine to that absolute shit show of a table. Much appreciated. Uh, Maybe, um, it wasn't very appropriate for me to be here. No, it was. It definitely was. She regards him through a cloud of cigarette smoke. It's charming, really. The worry on his face. That, in there, would have been a thousand times worse without the buffer, believe me. I wanted to be there for her, emotionally, but I... That's not me. I... 
You know, I really want to be. I... But it's not. It's you. So I wanted you there. And you came. And I can't thank you enough for that. Jack moves up beside her, joining her in leaning against the porch railing. Is it always like that? With you and her? <laughs> no. Yes. Maybe. It's... Well... It didn't used to be. This has just been... Ever since I joined the police academy, that's when it got really bad. But I think she soured on me the first time she realized I was never going to be an artist. Oh, that's, um... Really? I could never understand it, really. I just... I don't get people. Not really. Not well. So I don't... click with art, either. She pulls on her cigarette again. <sighs> I shouldn't be telling you this shit. I sound like a psychopath. No, 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 hey. Far from it. What? Tell me. I don't... mesh with people. The right way. Everyone knows that. Everyone's always... fucking telling me. I don't cry when I should. I don't smile. Touching people wigs me out. When people tell me nice things, I just want to run and scream and hide from them. I just... She looks out across the parking lot at all the quiet residential buildings lined up in solemn rows. I've never fit in, but I appreciate the people who do. The people who feel the things that you're supposed to, who get what you're meant to out of life or whatever. I'm not bitter about it. That's them. I'm me. And I guess I've always been one mean, scrappy bitch. This? She taps the gold shield at her hip. I figure this is a good way to give something back. Keep watch over their world, even though it makes no fucking sense to me. Jack nods. He's not judging, she thinks. As far as she can tell, he's just watching all the quiet buildings. Same as her. You ever talk to your mom about... I... Yeah. Yeah, of course. More than once. It's just... It always comes right back to me being a disappointment, right? Some kind of giant fucking failure. But I'm not... warm. I'm not soft. I'm not patient or thoughtful. I'm not even all that smart in the grand scheme of things, just... stubborn as shit. Determined, maybe? <laughs> sure. See, that's why I like you. Sure. Let's go with that. Determined. And yeah, I... I'm not an idiot. I know all the problems with my job. Of course I do. Take the capes out of it and we're still left over-policing minorities. We're letting SA cases pile up by the truckload. We're wasting ungodly manpower on the war on drugs. We've got more corruption than not. I know all these things. She thinks I don't, but damn it, I do. I fucking do. Cape blows out a long stream of smoke before angrily flicking her cigarette butt out into the darkened lot. But I'm, you know, determined. And I don't know how to help any other way but this. Again, Jack nods. He gives Kate a reassuring smile. That's more than enough. How do you figure? Because it's what you can do. How can you do anything else except 
whatever you can do. <laughs> that sounds like some quacktastic shrink kung fu, sir. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, it's a bit like that, maybe, but uh, it also happens to be true. It's just, you're doing your best, right? I mean, barring my supposedly vast, untapped potential, I guess. No, no, it, it, to hell with that. I, I'm talking about you. Here, now, you're doing your best in this moment. Maybe tomorrow, a year, two, or ten years from now, your best will look different. And hopefully you'll try your best then, too. But right now, you're just out here struggling your way through life like the rest of us. Doing your best. Trying to help. Is this why your boss, who my mother apparently hates, why am I not surprised, pays you so much goddamn money? <laughs> I, uh, yeah. But in my defense, uh, Madison pays all her employees insanely far above average for our professions. Um, everyone. He shrugs, almost apologetically. Besides, you know I give most of that away, right? You, wait, you, yeah. Of course. Of course you fucking do. What am I even saying? Jesus. I hate how noble you are. Jack winks. Ah, no, stop. Don't make that face. Fuck, I hate you so much. Yeah, well, I don't hate you. And I'm not disappointed in you or uh, any of that crap for whatever it's worth. I appreciate the hell out of how um, determined you are. There's another long silence, but unlike the other one from dinner, this one's not all bad. Okay, so, listen. Crazy idea here, okay, and you can feel free to stop me anytime, but do you think you maybe, possibly, would want to... Motherfucker, are you kidding me right now? I, wait, wait, wait. Don't worry about it. Hello? Kate, is this a bad time? Fucking terrible, actually. What have you got? <clears throat> I... Right. Well, Morgan and I are here with Dr. K, and we think we have a lead on Deathstorm. I thought you should... I'm on my way. What's up? Kinsey with some good news. Oh, that's wonderful to hear, Kate. Uh, did... Listen, what were you going to ask me uh, before? Oh, oh, that, that was... You know what? Don't worry about it. It was incredibly, Kate. immeasurably, embarrassingly Kate, listen. fucking stupid. I'll tell you later. Maybe. Hold on. I've got to check in with my mother. Moving quickly, practically dragging Jack by the arm, Kate storms down the hallway, flinging open the door to her apartment again. Her mother looks up at her, and Kate sees that her eyes are red. Catherine, I'm... I really am so, so sorry. Ma? I just got a lead on that psycho that hurt the kid at your place, alright? So I'm gonna go follow up on that, and you better fucking believe that I'm gonna put my full fucking fascist might behind my boot while I kick the shit out of him for scaring you. When I get back, we're gonna watch some shitty movies, eat some ice cream like a couple of hormonal schoolgirls, and we're going to fix our shit. Do not argue, just say okay. Okay. As Kate hurries her way through the bullpen, She's rather thrown to see Dr. K working with the officers up here, rather than down in her lab or out in the field. When the doctor sees Kate, she gives her tablet a manic wave, causing the display of the large screen she's rolled out behind her to jostle and shift in time with her movements. Captain Donahue is there with Kinsey and Morgan, and they're all watching intently. What the hell? 
Don't ask me. I can barely check my email on these fucking things. That's just because you're getting old, Cap. Exactly. That's why I leave traffic due to smart-ass youngins who mouth off too much. Ah ha ha ha. Funny joke, Cap. What do you got, folks? Everything! Hopefully. She practically dives into a chair, sliding it over to where Kate stands, regarding the display. Kate, are you familiar with Orpheus 9? Is that a band? I mean, possibly, but no. It's the name for the weather satellite put in place after the Aurora Exemplar. That's what some of us nerdy types like to call the bright light in the sky that precipitated the emergence of the capes. More you know. Right, yes, absolutely. So, Orpheus 9, kind of a big deal. State-of-the-art real-time weather tracking and analysis with some of the most intense predictive algorithms on board that I've ever seen. Duck. <clears throat> the point is, I was able to get a friend who shall remain nameless for, you know, obvious reasons, to grant me limited access for the purposes of narrowing down this Deathstorm character's location. His powers have the functional appearance and effects of electrical phenomenon. So... I was curious if we might be able to analyze him as though we might lightning strikes. I think I'm following. Uh, really? Fuck no. Look, the, the point is, I've got his signature mapped. Going back through all his known bank jobs over the last six months, he leaves an observable, digitally trackable trail. Holy shit. Nice job, Doc. Oh. <laughs> Oh well, thank you very much. I try. But this just, uh, gives us where he's been, right? What about where he's going, or where he's at? Hard to say. If he starts up again, I could pinpoint his location. But I'm only going to have my access for another 20 minutes at most. How are we going to find this guy in 20 minutes? Wait. She reaches out, taking the tablet from Dr. K's hands, scrutinizing it intently. What have you got? It's... Holy shit. Look, this isn't random. Look at all these points. She indicates each of the green nodes marked on Dr. K's digital map. At first, it looks kind of random, but if you pull back... Look, look at these clusters, see that? Wait. Wait, wait, wait. It's a circle. I'll be damned. This guy's a fucking idiot. He's shitting where he eats. Doc, can you do some nerd-foo on this thing, display his flight paths? I've got a hunch. Uh, yes, I- wait, yes. I can analyze for the rate of energy dispersal over a set period of- yes, there we go. Oh my. On the tablet now, mirrored up on the larger screen, are a series of long web-like green lines threading out from the sites of Deathstorm's attacks, all meeting back at one central location. <laughs> Told you. Absolute fucking moron. Ginzy, can you pull that address? Oh, yep. Okay, uh... Oh, I got it. Yeah, it's a small apartment complex on 3rd and Dalton. How many units? I'm checking now. Let's see... 12 units, looks like. I'm pulling up residential data now. Male. White. Late 20s, early 30s. Wow. Imagine that. What? Almost every family living there is either black or Hispanic. Wait, so you mean... Yeah, yeah, this guy's, well... Whatever the opposite of a bloody needle in a haystack is. His name's Landon Michael Browning. Jesus, that's a human name? Cap, permission to go kick this guy's ass? Are you insane? No, 
The number of people this guy's killed? I should be sending Ramirez and his stack team. Superpower tactics and containment is just a fancy way of saying the level the whole fucking complex, Cap. Those are Mayor Marlowe's boys. Yeah, and it's Marlowe who's gonna be giving me a ton of shit if I let a trio of my detectives run off to play hero. You seriously expect me to- Cap. Kate stands tall, locking eyes with Donahue. He frightened my mother. Wordlessly, behind her, Morgan and Kinsey take a place on either side of her. Even Dr. K joins ranks, even as she gnaws nervously at her lip. Jesus fucking Christ. All right. Fuck. Go, suicidal idiots. I'm still putting Stack on standby, though. <laughs> Good. They can help us mop the hell up. He was born as Landon Browning, but that's not who he sees himself as. As he lays here now, fanning himself with a stack of hundred-dollar bills, the way he saw the big shots do in all the movies growing up, he feels like he's risen above all that. All this money is one thing. Under his bed, in his closet, in his cupboards, everywhere. Always within reach. But today, he wasted a superhero. <laughs> Sure wasn't much of one, though, was he? But of course, that didn't matter. Not really. It was still a big fucking neon warning to all the little people who might try to fuck with him again. Nobody, nobody messes with- Deathstorm, baby! <laughs> That's me! There comes a knock at his door, and Landon sits up. Not really nervous, exactly. How could he be? A little cautious, all the same. Who's there? The voice that comes back is light, airy, and feminine. Only abroad. Cute sounding, though. Hi, this is Evie from up the hall. I'm sorry, but my washer's completely busted, and I... <laughs> Could I borrow some clothes, please? I'm standing out here in my booty shorts, and I feel really weird about it. <laughs> Oh, fuck yes. <laughs> I love today so fucking much. <clears throat> uh, sure, sweetheart. You hold on one second. Humming happily to himself, he makes a half-hearted effort to slick his hair back before kicking an old pizza box out of sight, under his bed, and sniffing at the pits of his ratty t-shirt. Hey, good enough. Let's do this. <laughs> he resumes his humming, sauntering comically up to the door. And as he starts to open it, he puts on his most confident-sounding voice. Perhaps this goes without saying, but it's nothing of the sort. Hello, gorgeous- oh, wait. What the fuck is this? Kate slams the door the rest of the way open. She sees his eyes flash green, hears and smells the crackle building in the air, and then she kicks him square in the groin. He stumbles back, crying out in pain, and her next attack is a fire extinguisher, slammed directly into his face. Police, motherfucker! Down! Down on the ground, right now! Grab some floor, sunshine. Don't make this ugly. Morgan is holding a shotgun, Kinsey a nightstick, and Kate, for her part, stalks forward, spraying Browning with a fire extinguisher. What the... what the fuck?! The dry substance covers him rapidly, obscuring his vision, filling his mouth, causing him to sputter frantically. 
He tries to build a charge, to send it out in a furious arc and fucking end these cops. But it sizzles and dies on his skin. Oh, oh no, no, what the, what the fuck is this? Dry powder, Twinkle Toes. Not very conductive, sorry to tell you. You know, if you're having trouble charging up, <laughs> they got pills for that. He rolls away frantically, back towards his bed, trying to rid himself of the foam interfering with his powers. He clambers back to his feet, all but tearing at his clothes and his skin. A lucky bolt of green jets forward from some less lathered part of him, but it goes wide, missing all three of the detectives in his panic. Morgan levels the shotgun with a form of merciless satisfaction. On the fucking ground, I said, dipshit! The weapon discharges, and Browning feels a round of rubber buckshot slam into his midsection. It's like getting kicked by a mule. But the adrenaline keeps Browning upright as he reaches for the gun taped under his bedside table. Jesus Christ, he never thought he'd ever have to use this thing again. How could he be so stupid? I don't think so, mate. The gun comes up quick, but Kenzie's quicker, snapping down with a nightstick at Browning's wrist. Instantly, the killer feels a lancing pain run through him before his nerves blank out and the weapon clatters back to the floor. <laughs> fuck you, you limey fucking prick. I'm gonna fucking kill you and your stupid fucking- A sharp crack from the nightstick to Browning's weight-bearing knee drops him hard to a kneeling position. Again, he tries to spark an electrical attack, but Kinsey pivots and roundhouse kicks the killer across his miserable face. Face battered, his blood mixing with snot and foam in a horribly pathetic display. He lays there gasping, looking up at the three detectives, finally spent. Kid, I'm never saying another bad word about you again. Really? No, obviously I'm joking. But I can admit that it is terribly unwise of me to do so. Uh, I'll take it. Deathstorm leers up at them. Two teeth missing from his putrid smile. And now, he regards Kate. Oh, you got me dirty, you fucking bitch. You fucking cheated. Oh no, so sad. However will I fucking sleep at night? You're under arrest, Browning. I'm gonna get you, bitch. You and these fucking losers here. Please, I beg of you. Say that word to me again. Please. What? What, bitch? <laughs> you know who the fuck I am. I'm fucking dead! Smiling serenely, Kate triggers the fire extinguisher, and Browning's epithets turn to useless, whining sputters. Was that good for you? Nice. Kate's still feeling the thrill of victory when a shadow on the fire escape catches her eye. Are you fucking kidding me? What? Come on, what? Where? It's fine, just watch him. I have to check something. She passes the fire extinguisher off to Kinsey and nods to Morgan. If he breathes wrong, shoot him with the real thing. Don't threaten me with a good time, Katie Kay. Moving quickly now, Kate clambers out the window, up the fire escape, moving fast for the roof. Goddamn motherfucking swear to God, I'm gonna fucking Her face is burning hot against the cold night air. Of course, he's waiting for her there. Standing at the far edge of the building, long dark coat snapping as the wind rises. Nice work, Detective. On reflex, Kate draws her service weapon. Don't patronize me, motherfucker. That wasn't my intention. What do you want? Are you following me? Yes. What? 
Why? Why the fuck are you so fucking- I wanted to make sure you were safe. Deathstorm is a fool, but he's still dangerous. This is you not patronizing me? Listen to me, asshole. I've been putting my life on the line long before I became the apparent pet fucking project of a misogynistic serial killer stalker. So don't start fucking coming at me with this bullshit about keeping me safe. It's just gonna give me more reason to bring you the fuck down once I stop vomiting. He turns to face her, palms out, regarding her with what she thinks is an inquisitive look under that featureless helmet. His eyes burn like deadly flares in the dark. Why are you so determined to stop me? I'm a cop, asshole. Of course. But why are you, personally, trying so hard to bring me in? What is it about me that offends you so much, Detective? Alright, fuck it, I'll play. You don't just offend me, you disgust me. Do you hear me? Do you understand the words I'm saying? Your very existence is uh, an affront to everything that I believe in how this goddamn stupid fucking world is supposed to work. I don't like bankers or politicians or CEOs in boardrooms playing God with people's fucking lives. And I sure as fuck feel even more strongly about cocksucking dirtbag pieces of shit playing dress up, running around consequence fucking free and- Doing whatever they want. She stops. Blinks. I couldn't agree more. No. No, no, no. Don't- Don't fucking turn this around on me. Don't you fucking dare. You- I- I am going to stop you, you sanctimonious, pointy-eared fuck. He turns his back on her now. The night grows colder still, and she feels a chill on her palms, slick with sweat against the grip of her weapon. I hope so. Good night, detective. And with a heavy whisper of leather, he leaps off the building, into the night below them. Kate doesn't bother rushing to the edge. She knows he'll be long gone by the time she looks for him. Fucking asshole. Kate holsters her weapon. She can hear the stack team linking up boisterously with her boys back down below. <sighs> it's time to knock out some paperwork, and then go the hell home. It's almost five in the morning by the time Kate lets herself back into her apartment. She's surprised to be greeted first by the smell of freshly brewed coffee, and then by her mother's voice. Hi, Kate. Welcome home. Kate rubs at her eyes in disbelief. Ma? Did you... You didn't have to wait up. I was gone for so long. It was the least I could do. Kate sits down gingerly at the table, taking the cup of coffee that her mother offers her. Listen, we... we got the guy. He's done. He's not gonna hurt anybody else. They had to keep him soaked in water out in the motor pool while they lined his cell with rubber from top to bottom, but he's not going anywhere, is the point. I just... you know, wanted you to know- Her mother reaches out, taking her hand. Ma. I'm proud of you, Kate. You don't have to- Yes, yes I do. I am so proud of you. Or... Or at least I damn well should be. I need to be. A lot better about that. About a lot of things. The lump Kate feels in her throat is almost offensive to her. Ma, it's... I know you mean well, it's just... I'm not... You're not me. Right? Kate blinks, 
She feels moisture at the corner of her eyes, and she refuses to accept any other explanation but exhaustion. You're not me. And I need to stop expecting you to be. You rushed out into danger tonight because someone hurt me, even after the horrible way I treated you, in front of your boyfriend, no less. He's... he's not my... God damn it, Ma, I... Come on, don't... it's... I don't understand. I don't... not always. Not even often. But I don't... I don't ask. That's my fault. I know that. And god damn it, tonight I was just... I was in the worst place, and it's a terrible excuse, but just... All the worst things were coming out of me. Sorry, right, Ma, it's... When what I should have said... Last night. And I don't even want to think about how many other nights, is that... I love you, Kate. I love you so much. And I always will. I will always love you. With all my heart. No matter what. Kate's eyes are a raging fire. It's too much. This whole damn day was too much. Too many things all at once. Another day in a series of them that makes no damn sense, that have no rules, that seem endless and cruel and unyielding. And she's so angry, so worn, so tired. And, and, and then her mother pulls her into a hug. A hug like she hasn't felt since she was a little girl. No matter what else might come, she knows that today, this day, will be a good day. I love you too, Mom. 